quality over quantity and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh. Dean. Carl. We're back with week two of Codename Chicken. Week two? It, yeah, it's gone so quick. Episode two. Um, last week I was ill and had a bad microphone. This week you are ill and I've still got a bad microphone. It's like I've caught your cold through uh, the internet. It, you've got it through my pipes. Yeah, through the tubes. Through the tubes of the internet. Um, <laughs> so at least one of those problems will be fixed next week because I am moments away from ordering a new microphone um looking forward to that less editing for you yeah that would be great because your microphone sounds like trash and i mean it is attached to a headset that i think i paid maybe 30 pounds for four or five years ago (laughs) that's not too bad i'm gonna um order a chinese no, I'm going to order chicken noodle soup from my local Chinese later, and that's going to sort me out. Very nice, yeah, chicken that, soup. So That always sorts me out. I don't know why. Yeah? Yep. I always Everyone. go with, uh, I, I buy like five or six packs of Wrigley's Airwaves, and that seems to just knock it right out of me. Huh. Either that or really, really sour sweets. You know, like those ones that come in like a fake uh, toxic waste drum. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, I think they might be called toxic waste. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. They come in like a little yellow plastic drum, and if you've got like a sore throat or you're bunged up, or you've got sinus stuff, just pop one of those in, knock it right out. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what bugs me? Every local restaurant I go to, a local takeaway restaurant, whatever I go to, is on Just Eat. But my there's these two Chinese restaurants near me and none of them are on there and it bugs me to hell that I can't just order food on the internet, order Chinese food on the internet. Are they on Hungry House? No, they're not on the internet okay. at all. They don't exist. There is a they're on f- Google Maps. <laughs> there is a third one now, but I can't remember what it's called. It's not very good. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. <laughs> so, so what, what are we talking about this week? Um, I think we're both pretty excited for Nintendo's new foray into the hardware market, aren't we? Oh, Yeah, anything with Nintendo on, I'm a big fan of normally. I'm kind of the opposite. I, I tend to be a bit wary of Nintendo these days. Like, I think the the 3DSs are pretty cool. Um, the Wii U, probably not for me. Although Splatoon was a lot of fun. I did like that. Um, and obviously the Wii was just a magical slice of console pie, wasn't it? Like, it it was fantastic. Yeah, I really liked the Wii. Um, it was just so different. I thought it was terrible when I first saw it. Who didn't? And, yeah, exactly. And then uh, it's like completely detached from what you would have thought a games console is as a young gamer. It's, I don't know, it's like 10 years ago now, I think. Yeah, about that. Yeah, and then when I played it and I just realised how accessible it was, you know, like people who don't play games are playing it and I'm playing with them and it kind of levels up the... It balances the um, difficulty a lot between everyone. Yeah. yeah. I I like the look of this new one, Nintendo Switch. It's called Switch. It's um, one of the things that I've found kind of interesting surrounding this whole sort of uh, announcement of the Nintendo Switch, is they were very, very clear in their trailer that Skyrim is on this thing. (laughs) And Bethesda are being very, very clear that they don't want to admit that Skyrim is on this thing. No one's really committed anything to it, apart from Ubisoft have said that um, it's going to be the next best thing. The Ubisoft CEO, but um, there is a um, no. Sorry. I think the only game. I, sorry, the only game I've seen that's been announced for it is the new Sonic game, which has like Sonic NX at the end, as well as all the other all the other consoles. Okay, uh, is this the the sort of fan made Sonic Mania? I think it's that one or the 3D one. 
because they announced two at the same time. Oh, that 3D one is like a weird open world. That, um, or am I just? Yeah. Maybe that's a news article that I saw. Um, but it, so, go on. Yeah, I was just saying that like, no one's really committed anything to it yet, even after the announcement a few days ago well, you, of what the Switch is. You say that. I'm, I'm looking at a big list on the. Which may be legit. I think it's legit. Oh, yeah, no. On their Japanese announcement, they had a big list of uh, developers. There's some interesting names here. Um, yeah. We've got Activision, so Call of Duty confirmed. Um, <laughs> got FIFA. The, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, the FIFA guys are on there. We've got Atlas. Uh, they were with Nintendo anyway. Uh, Bandai Namco. I mean, there's no more proper Dark Souls games coming, but it would be nice to see a Dark Souls game go to Nintendo after they um, famously turned down Meat Boy for being a bit too graphic. <laughs> uh, Bethesda, obviously, which this also confuses me. Bethesda are in their confirmed list of third-party uh, sort of publishers and developers, but still refuse to acknowledge that Skyrim is coming to that console, even though it's all over the trailer. I like how IGN have a um, <clears throat> article hmm. headline: "Nintendo Switch will not be backwards compatible with physical 3DS or Wii U games." Uh, yeah, <laughs> we. I mean, the 3D, the Wii U doesn't take cartridges for one, uh, and the 3DS it's a sort of very proprietary little cartridge, isn't it? It's very um. Yeah, it's a dual screen. Yeah, <clears throat> of course it's not going to work, dullards. <laughs> there was another news article actually that really really made me angry and I know this is becoming a recurring theme now isn't it um, yeah <laughs> it was from VG247 which is a site that I like to take with a pinch of salt because often it's a load of bullshit um, but it was this guy it's the same thing you get every time a new piece of Nintendo hardware launches oh Nintendo are out of touch they don't have third party support and well this one was many get I'm not, I'm not going to find the exact quote because that website fucking angers me. But the gist of it was many gamers uh, don't want to take Nintendo Switch on the subway when Candy Crush will do. And I was like, no, Candy Crush just won't do. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe if I'm like 40 and I've given up. But like, Candy Crush just won't do. It's fucking awful garbage. It's it's the the it's like a purest example of fucking cancerous mobile development it's disgusting nasty bullshit so, oh, like, mobile games could be so good but they're just so not yeah, they serve pretty much only to bleed their customers dry with pretty pictures and little funny squares like of course I want to take Skyrim on the bus like who wouldn't <laughs> exactly yeah it's such a cool uh, when I was just watching a video because I tend to fly a lot or like travel a lot yeah. So just that bit in the video resonated with me where he just unpacks his DS, uh, sorry, no, his DS, unpacks his Nintendo Switch on the aeroplane, pulls controllers off the side and just has like a little console experience. That's so cool. The controllers are something that I think is a bit of a problem with that. But then they do have that uh, sort of pro pad, don't they? Um, Like the Wii pro pad. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and the new one looks kind of nice. It looks really rubbery and... Whereas the old one was kind of plastic and hollow and felt a bit cheap. Yeah, but the other one had like a giant battery life. Like it lasted 40 or 50 hours. Oh, the old yeah. Pro Pad. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I can't wait. It'll be a day one purchase for me as soon as I can throw my money at Amazon, I guess. It'll probably be Amazon. Mm. Um, uh, it's maybe not a day one for me. I, I, I still don't actually own a PS4 or a or an Xbox One that my housemate does, so I sort of use those. Um, I tend to wait until there's a nice, nice back catalogue of, of sort of games that I can't play anywhere else or that I would like to play on that particular system before I buy it. Yeah, that's what I do with um, consoles normally, but I break that exception with Nintendo. Yeah. I just want their... Especially if, um, you know, I've got a couple of young kids, so they'll be into... Mario Kart and because they tend, Mario and all that colourful stuff. They tend to launch with a, a few pretty solid sort of first party experiences anyway, don't they? Um, yeah, exactly. Like Wii Sports. Oh, Wii Sports. God. 
it just looked like absolute trash and then you play it with a group of friends and it's just the best thing ever just throw a beer in the mix and then suddenly it's the best game ever made like it's fantastic <laughs> i think i've still got like the best bowling score on my old wii maybe i can't remember Oh, do you know what the, my favourite thing about this, actually, about the whole Nintendo Switch thing? It's that, yeah. that fucking sound in the trailer. The, little, the song? No, 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 the, the little, like, the little click switch noise that they do every, like, ten seconds. And I was like, oh, it's so crunchy. Like, if that, if that, if they made a way where you, when you disconnect the controllers, maybe, and it's like, oh, I'd be all over that. Yeah, I like to think that them controllers, when you connect them and disconnect them from the actual TV screen, it's going to have that really nice feeling and sound to it. Mm. I like it's going to feel like... Yeah. There's been a lot of fuss about... Um, because this, this console has been rumoured for a very long time and there's been all kinds of, of silly rumours surrounding it. Um, one of them was that it used cartridges and who knew? There we go. It does use cartridges. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to. I mean, CDs wouldn't really... <clears throat> cartridges are cheap now. Cartridges are cheap. They are, by and large, quicker. Well, in fact, fuck that. They're completely quicker than, you know, sort of other physical media. The read-write speed on, you know, Flash is fantastic. It's small, compact. Yeah, there's a lot of advantages. And yeah. you see that in old games. Uh, I say old games, it's like old console games where you just put the game in and turn it on and within a, like, you know, 30 seconds, you're in the game. Yeah, like it doesn't have to like, you know, store background stuff or whatever. It just, because the read-write speed is so good, it just stream off the cartridge. Like it's just constantly going. It doesn't need to, you know, buffer anything really. It's great. I think mean, cartridges are, you know, fantastic. You're not going to scratch a cartridge. Right? You're not going to... I mean, you might lose it. It is quite small. But also, like you know, reduce shelf space. And Nintendo get to sell a bunch of those little boxes that you can store, like, five cartridges in, like they used to do with the Game Boy. I've got one for my 3DS. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I yeah, think they're pretty cool. I think I bought one for my 3DS, but I only ever had two games for it, so... <laughs> it doesn't really matter much. Um, but the, the rumour I was getting at was um I can't remember when it first popped up, but the original rumour was that the dock would have the sort of the, the guts of the system in there, that the GPU and the CPU, so that when it was docked it would be a lot more powerful mm. than it was when it was uh, you know, in portable mode. Uh, it sounds like that's not true. Um but I literally don't care. Like people are making kind of a fuss about it. Like, it's no more powerful when it's plugged into the TV than it is when you take it out on the bus. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it looks like it's going to reduce its, you know, power um, when it's in portable mode. I would assume I'm, just for battery life, right? Yeah, I would guess you'd, like, underclock itself. Like, you don't need two separate bits of hardware. Just underclock it and, you know, reduce the power that way. You know, reduce power, reduce the heat, etc. That's But it. I'd imagine, um, my guess is... Because I know Nintendo tend to target the cheaper end of the market, the less premium end. I'd imagine it's a 720p screen. Yeah. At least. I can see that. Um, and then they can easily get away with less power, run it pushing less pixels at that resolution. So, like, it runs at 720p when you're in, you know, portable mode. They've probably got a fancy name for that Switch experience or something. Um, <laughs> but when it's plugged into your TV, or well, not even upscale, probably just, you know, full clock itself and render up at 1080 one would hope. Um, in the trailer they yeah. show, though, mm -hmm. they, yeah, they're showing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what that's called. Um, and you can see, like, it's on the TV and it looks very shiny and nice and fluid and it's lovely. And he pulls it out of the dock and you can, you can if you look at it, you can see a frame rate drop. Like, you can see it look a bit more choppy. And I don't know what the merit to that is, but, you know, good guys Nintendo... They're not going to get no sort of No Man's Sky backlash over that, are they? No, no. I don't know if that was done intentionally because I know on some of the frames you can tell that the video was just you know stuck on there yeah. in post. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one where they didn't clear up the edges and the frame. It's sort of it's, the screen is no, the screen is like a perfect square, but it's bled over onto someone's hand because <laughs> their hand is over the screen. So that's that's quite funny to see, but um. I'm looking forward yeah. to Reggie coming out and talking about this because he's my favourite. 
Me too. Me too. I miss Iwata. Yeah. I do miss Iwata. He he used to announce consoles in a cool way. But the only thing that bugs me is that I'm used to, I guess, these big technology companies and, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Sony, announcing their console to give you all the information at once. And this is just like a three-minute trailer or a teaser as such. It doesn't really... It, it gives you... You come away asking more questions than what you came with. Yeah, Nintendo have always been one of these more sort of closed companies, haven't they? They've, they've never come out day one and said absolutely everything you need to know about this thing. They've never sort of done that, even with with games to some extent, but especially with hardware. I found it funny. They used to announce their products to the um, shareholders first in like an official shareholder meeting. Um in quite a dull and boring way before doing a public announcement, you know, and showing all the, you know, the fancy stuff. All the colours. All the colours, and yeah. I Yeah, but, um, I, I think Nintendo, they're changing for the better. It's They're going slowly about it, but I think they are changing up and, uh, you know, coming more into sort of modern age. They're, they're releasing mobile games now. Um actually sort of letting their first party stuff out onto other platforms which is kind of nice um and the good thing is potentially good mobile games so i'm looking forward to that mario one uh, i've heard a couple of the sort of the ones they've done already were a bit shit <laughs> um they've done me tomo and that was that was fun for a few minutes me tomo? but that's just that's the one that asks really personal questions of you like every five minutes yeah, yeah, and it goes back and tells all your friends. Yeah, it has that weird text to speech thing. Yeah, that was quite fun. Me and my, me and a few friends had a fun with that. This Mario one looks quite good, and the thing that I like is they said it won't be free; it'll be available for a fair price, and you know they don't want a nickel and dime kids, basically. So that's that's a good thing. That's what I want. Like, yeah, that's one of the things I don't like about mobile gaming is it is all about the nickel and diamond most times. If someone comes out and they're like, look, this is a game we've made and this is what we think is a fair price for it, but once you've paid it, that's it. There's no, you know, coin bundles or wait timers or anything like that. Then, yeah, cool. Even on the 3DS, they've got some freemium games Mm. on there. And if you buy enough of the whatever crap they're trying to sell in there, like 30 or 40 pounds worth that unlocks the whole game and then you don't have to pay for anything more in advance after that. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, that's kind of like a middle ground, I think. Yeah. So it's like you can't overspend on it and get addicted to it because if you do, you'll hit that price point, which is quite fair, and then you have the whole game to play with no wait timers and any of that crap. Do they give you the option to uh, just buy it outright? I can't remember. It was the... It's one of these Pokemon match-free games. Oh. Where you get, like, a certain amount of lives and then you have to wait for your lives to regenerate or buy more. And then if you buy enough, you don't have to buy any more ever again. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Well, um, something else that happened, not quite this week, because we're in a new week now. Um, We're recording Tuesday... Tuesday, Tuesday, twenty fifth of October. I think we're looking at maybe Thursday release dates. Is, yeah. is what we've been talking about. You know, we're both a bit sort of wishy washy when it comes to that shit. So we'll see. It'll happen as and when. <laughs> It'll happen when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this actually happened last week now, but uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is a thing that exists. Yes. It's yes. um. It's coming. And it looks amazing. The trailer looked beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the trailer does look great. It does do that thing where you can see, obviously, which parts are like pre-rendered scenes and which parts are actually taken from, you know, in the world. Um, but, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I'm a little bit I'm... disappointed that it wasn't another, like, Red Dead colon reaction or revenge or, you know... Yeah, because... Uh... The last game, if I remember rightly, kind of ends that storyline in a set place. Yeah. You know, it can't really continue beyond that, really. I mean, spoilers for Red Dead Redemption. If you haven't played it, like, the fuck are you playing at? You should have played this a long time ago. It's a 10-year-old game. You can drop the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, so the main character dies um, in a way that you can't avoid, although it makes you feel like maybe you can. 
Um, and then you can continue in the sort of Rockstar tradition of uh, free roam at the end of the game as the main character's son. Um, I think, personally, I think this isn't after Red Dead Redemption. I think it might be before. Then, okay. Then why would it be Red 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 Dead Redemption Two and not Red Dead Revolver Two? Um, I don't know. Mm. When you look at like Grand Theft Auto, they have that pattern of having unique story and unique characters every time. Yeah. So I can see that maybe following on like that, where this is a sequel to that brand because that brand's good. You know, Red Dead Redemption is a brand essentially. Yeah, this is the thing. Most people, well, I say most people, a lot of people. Um, probably aren't even aware of Red Dead Re- uh, Revolver's sort of existence. Um, and I can't blame him. It wasn't particularly great. It, uh, I'm just... I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for this, but I can't put into words why. Like, one of the things that I'm not too sure about is they've, uh, as you pointed out to me, registered the Red Dead uh, online domain. <laughs> yeah. Which I think we've got similar feelings on this. Um They've done so well with their sort of GTA Five online model. Uh, I I think it's going to be exactly the same in Red Dead Redemption. Probably very similar. Yeah, I'd imagine very very similar. Um, and this this isn't what I play a Rockstar game for. Like, I love I love the story. I love the gameplay. I love the freedom the story gives you to run about and do whatever you please. Um, I was far more into the GTA 4 style of multiplayer. Um, do you remember that? It was just, here's the city and here's a list of, you know, game modes, you know, team deathmatch and do this, do that, do that. It's just that very basic. Yeah, but the one I'm thinking of in particular was Free Roam. Free Roam. With Free Roam, just... there was no levelling up, there was no missions, there was no money to worry about, no mechanics, no, you know, house made or whatever. Everyone's level zero, you run around, guns spawn on the map, and tanks and whatever else spawn on the map, and you just have a free-for-all fuckfest with, like, 64 people. It was funny, the game would start, and then everyone would just run to get the helicopter. Yeah, helicopter, or the tank, or the grenade launcher. <laughs> it was so <laughs> much fun. I loved that. Um, and I, I, I really, I still wish to this day that that was an option in GTA Five. Maybe I'd still have it installed on my PC if that was an option in GTA V. Um, and I, I, it kind of saddens me a little bit that there isn't a story expansion, you know, like we're used to. Yeah, I loved the story expansion on GTA Four. They were really good. Ballad of Gay Lost. Tony was so good. It brought back a lot of uh, Vice City memories for me. It was like very uh, 80s style, had all the that kind of music, the kind of neon colours. Yeah. And, yeah. And then Lost of the Damned was good too. Uh, it was completely different, you know. You're playing like these Hell's Angels biker gang mm. thing, and yeah, I think they make these the worlds they create, especially the latest one, GTA Five. It's such a great world to have stories in. Yeah, it's, they, it's such a great world. But they're not doing that. They're just because um, online makes world. a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, you buy these shark cards, and I guess they're going to be coyote cards or whatever in Red Dead, and calling it now, right? Coyote cards. Yeah. Coyote cards, um, or it, it won't. Or maybe it won't be cards. It will be like um, bonds or something. Coyote bonds, Coyote yeah. Bonds. Sounds... Paper money. Um, but here's 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 my little list of the things that I want in Red Dead Redemption Two. Right, um, PC support. <laughs> PC support. But then this is Rockstar. When was the last time they announced PC support? When they announced like the game, they just don't. They don't do that. Um, they wait until closer to console release and then they say, okay, okay, PC's coming, but it's going to be, you know, a couple of months or whatever. They've done a great job on GTA Five, so I'd be happy waiting. Yeah, I'm fine if... waiting. They did a full... It wasn't just, like, GTA Four felt like a copy-paste drop <laughs> and it wasn't good. Um, but yeah, here's, here's, here's what I want from Red Dead 2. I want, I want it to be better than Red Dead 1 or Red Dead Redemption, rather. You know, that's like that sort of incremental. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Incremental, you know, increase of quality. Like, yeah, obviously, take what you, yeah, take what you have and iterate on it. Yeah, that's it. Build on it. Uh, I want that. Build it. I want story expansions. 
because you know it's going to be a fucking millennium until we get another Red Dead game if we get another Red Dead game bring zombies back because that expansion was insanely cool oh yep uh, Undead Nightmare wasn't it that was really cool yeah that was good um, and if you're going to have a multiplayer give me the option to just go in free roam and not get you know because I play GTA 5 online I literally do not give one solitary single shit about doing the missions or what house I own or what my garage looks like and how many cars it can hold I don't give a fuck I want to ride about on a BMX and shoot people with a flare gun like <laughs> that's, that's the entirety of my experience in GTA 5 online Give me the options of going to a server with other people like that. Like, people that just don't give a fuck. They want to run about and, you know, shoot people with handguns. Ride horses. Ride horses, yeah. Ride horses, yeah. The horse mechanics are great on that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love hog-tying people and tying them to horses. Yeah, and then just dropping them off at the train tracks and just waiting for the train to come. Yeah, it's a lot of good. I remember hog-tying a lot of people and chucking them in the saloon in... um. Uh, bad well, no that's a Team Fortress map um, Armadillo oh yeah I think that's what it's called there's like a the town yeah like the tavern in Armadillo it's hogtie like 10 people and stick them in the thing and then throw dynamite in there <laughs> <laughs> I remember tricking one of my friends and saying have you found a DeLorean yet come on from Back to the Future 3 it's, it's in there You got it's in like the west of the map you gotta go find it <laughs> he spent ages trying to find it just obviously wasn't there at all oh uh, that movie doesn't exist for me <laughs> that's the one they always play on telly yeah always it's like that's a, that's the cheap one you know the, the one you can get for cheap on the royalties or whatever I don't know probably to license I imagine soon it'll be cheap enough that like MST3K can get hold of it because I would love that <laughs> that'd be fantastic so talking of online games being terrible now compared to <laughs> previously yeah we've been talking about this a little bit haven't we Remembering the good old days. Oh, remembering the good old days. Well, the good old days are kind of coming back, I think. And we're talking, obviously, about first-person shooter games here. Uh, we've, you know, Battlefield 1 has just come out. Um, there's a lot of kind of revival games going on at the moment. We've got, you know, Toxic. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of arena shooters here. Toxic came out for the full release. Uh, Unreal Tournament is still in alpha two years later. Uh, but it's still a better game than, you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield 1 rolled in together. What do we... Needs to get, needs to get more... Um, no, uh, oh, I can't talk today. My nose is going funny. <laughs> needs, to get, needs to get more uh, recognition. Unreal Tournament, I think. The new one. Yeah, it does. And I think a lot of people know about it. Here's the thing. Like, I mean, yeah, you can go in there and play maps that are, you know, they're still grayscale. They're not finished in any sense of the word but the map is there and you can play it uh you know all the weapons work as expected and the movement is so fucking fluid you can go in there and play and then they've got their maps that are finished like they're shiny they're polished all the kinks are worked out and in those maps you you if you feel more quality in one sort of 10 minute game than you do in the whole of a fucking call of duty release like it feels like it's been crafted with so much sort of care and attention. And then you jump into a Call of Duty game and it's go shoot the brown men. Like, <laughs> again. <laughs> I just... It's like camp around this corner and... Yeah, yeah it just... Call of Duty and like, all these other games that have followed just... All such a kind of formula where, you know, you choose your character class and your loadout and all junk like that... And you get all these levels and you get all these experience points. And I remember when I was younger and like being known on the servers that you play on is your experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, people know you're a badass just because they know your name and they see you at the top and like you, it's more, it's more communal back then. And now it's just kind of like jumping a game with anyone and they know, you know, your experience rank isn't how good you are. It's basically how long you've been playing. Yeah, to a certain extent. Essentially, to some extent. A lot of it these days is is that whole sort of Skinner box thing, isn't it? It's 
you play for a while, maybe you're not doing very good, but you play enough to gain enough points to ding up to, you know, level two. And, ooh, level two, I've unlocked something. I wonder what I unlock at the next level. And I think the, the sort of epitome of this is the, uh, the prestige system that every fucking game seems to have these days. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like saying, just like, I mean, for people that don't know, prestige is you reach the top of the level ladder that the game has set out so you hit like level 100 and the game has nothing else to throw at you so it says do you want to start again like we've, we've run out of content do you want to start again <laughs> and then you do it again but you've got slightly different badges this time because you've prestiged once yeah and i think call of duty you could do it like several times yeah you, you give people like yeah i'm prestige six and it's like yeah good for you get a fucking life mate <laughs> go play a game that's worth playing oh prestige it's such a it's such a grimy feeling thing it is literally like we've run out of content do you want to start again with a, with a minor little sort of like you know numbers can go between you know, one and a thousand levels but they just stop it at 50 and say you can start again at one we can't bother to uh, yeah. change that, that 50 cap and this, this is the thing yeah. and then we've got games I mean you know this is probably going to be a fucking recurring theme for me but Team Fortress 2 it's a fucking 10-year-old game that still gets regular updates. It's still very profitable, even though it's free-to-play. It's still always in sort of the top three or top five played games on Steam per month, almost without fail. And again, a 10-year-old game. There's no one playing the Call of Duty iteration from 10 years ago or the Battlefield iteration from 10 years ago. Or the, I mean, God forbid, fucking Medal of Honor. Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, or two years ago. It's, 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 it just goes to show, like, you, you, you have a game, you put care and attention into it instead of what is going to appeal to the masses the quickest, you know, what is going to, let's do a really good trailer that builds tons of hype so we can sell it to all the divs out there. <laughs> and I'm not saying you're divs if you bought Call of Duty. I'm saying, there are better classes of games out there and you should fucking try them instead of the sort of the trifecta of like Call of Duty, Battlefield and FIFA is what I see. I've got Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefield 1? Yeah, I've got it. Here's the thing. I think I'm going to buy that one um, because I think it does enough different for me. It's not, it's not another sort of modern shooter, is it? It's back to World War 1. The guns are limited with that. You know, you, you're not... You don't have sort of laser-sighted, holographic-lensed fucking, you know, 300 rounds per second rifles. You have, like, single-shot or semi-automatic rifles, you know what I mean? Yeah, and just reading about it, how like EA didn't want to do it because it's, you know, the World War games aren't cool anymore and everyone wants the modern sci-fi hybrid and, you know, jump around with jetpacks and stuff. And they took a chance and done Battlefield 1 and I kind of respect that and I'd like to see them experiment more with not what um, you know not what the numbers say what the people want but like showing the people that this is cool you know there's like fucking zeppelins running around on the map that you can blow up shit with and yeah that's that's cool shit so this is the thing um, I think it, I think this is the because I was very much into Battlefield 3 and they did with Battlefield 3 what I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing with Battlefield 1 which is essentially splitting the player base, right? So you don't buy this expansion, you don't play with all the people who have. Like, And I, mm. I dislike when they do that with games. And it's always, Battlefield does it so fucking badly. Every goddamn time. Like, map packs, sure. Okay, I can, I can get behind map packs. But then you have, like, the premium, and, and this this fucking server rental thing. Oh, the server rental. What is that about? Jesus. So, yeah, you can rent dedicated servers, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the bad thing is you can't host them yourself, so don't give it a software to, you know, start your own server with your own hardware or your own rented hardware. Yep. And they just charge a fortune for it, like, especially on the PC, because it's, um, I haven't got the prices, but they charge, like, up to, you know, double what, a dedicated server on the console costs for PC, and I don't understand why. I said that to someone the other day and got called out for it. Um, it's actually about 50% extra per tier 
uh, on PC, and the reason EA are giving for that is that the server tick rate is higher. Okay, so it requires more powerful hardware, I guess. Oh, does it though? Really? Does it? Does it cost mm. that much extra? You know, when let's see, I'm going to do a quick Google here. Battlefield Four server rental, because let's be honest, it's not that much fucking different from Battlefield Four, is it? I love the clack of your keyboard. Oh, me too. I can't wait to get rid of it though. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, so a Battlefield Four server on PC. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's not as good. Okay. Right. All right. Fine. I found one. <laughs> Ten pound fifty-six per month, which is about right. I used to pay about eight pounds a month for a Team Fortress server. Yeah. Uh, that's you know. That's kind of the middle ground. Of, you can you can host it yourself if they give out the software. I'd say fifteen twenty pound a month at most, considering it's like a sixty four player yeah. server and needs the bandwidth and. But they want whatever a hundred and hundred and sixty nine or one hundred and fifty nine dollars for a hundred and eighty days. Bear in mind, you don't have any control over this server. You can't set custom rules. You can't. You know, basically all you can do is pick game mode and map. That's why I used to love about doing the Valve servers, doing Team Fortress servers, is you just load up these strange community-made map packs. Yeah. And, you know, just, and, you know, putting Darth mods on the server side. and They're still doing the them stuff. now. They do ones like there's one yeah. times 10 where every weapon stat is, you know, multiplied by 10, and it's fucking hilarious. It's so good. There's one called Randomizer where you, like... You pick soldier, but then you'll get like a scout weapon and a spy weapon and a medic weapon. And it's just a fucking ton of fun. It breathes fresh life into the game. You know, they don't actually have to do anything with it. They just have to give you the permissions to run your own custom rules and custom sort of software on there. But no. Yeah, and I, th- I think by doing that as well, it cuts down the people trying to hack the legit game. I guess. You know, but then they put, in a way. they put a lot of stock in their, what is it called, um... Punk Buster. Punk Buster. Their version of VAC, uh, the Valve Anti-Cheat, is basically the same thing. Um, they put a lot of stock in that, and in fairness, the amount of time I've been playing Battlefield, I don't remember that many hackers actually getting yeah, through the, you know... It's more of a Call of Duty thing, I think. They're normally riddled with hackers and hack lobbies. Yeah, especially on PC. Stuff like that. So, um, talking of mobile games that don't suck, because we've mentioned a lot that do suck <laughs> this episode, um, I've been playing a new game. Okay. It's uh, my new pooping game. Oh. Is this, the, this, this is a, a feature we're going to do every week, Dean's new pooping game? Oh, yeah. Maybe every week or so, every time I buy a new game. Um, sometimes I, I was playing in the bath last night because my phone's waterproof, and I'm <laughs> just because I can. Just because I can. Just to throw it out there. Yeah, so um, it's called Mini Metro. It's been out on PC on Steam for a while. Um, I'm going to look this up while you talk about it. Yeah, look it up. So it's a puzzle game. Basically, if you imagine the London Underground map. Okay. It's basically you get lines that you can create and you have to create a line between all the different stations so then the passengers can transport between them. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, and then more stations pop up over time more lines get available to you to make and you get more carriages to put on. So it's basically resource management. It's a resource management sim based around this very simple graphic style, then that free-to-play bullshit, and it's just a lot of fun. And you can play, like, for a good five, ten minutes per game. How much is it on mobile? It's, like, three ninety nine. So it's at the, like, expensive high tier end of mobile gaming. Okay. Would you say that the PC version has anything over the mobile version? Um, I haven't played it on PC. Okay. But I think it really works well on a touchscreen. It's just I'm noticing it's six ninety nine on Steam. But to be fair, a good puzzle game that, you know, does something new and, uh, some, you know, something different, it's kind of few and far between these days. So I wouldn't mind paying that for a decent puzzle game. No, I don't really know the differences between the... Uh, PC version and the mobile version. I don't think there's many or any of that, but um, it'll probably be that cheap on a Steam sale. 
Yeah, that'll be coming and, soon. But being a um, being a touch a uh, bit working so well on a touch screen, I think that's worth it to get it on mobile. Just because you're basically just drawing lines, and you can do it with a mouse, of course. But it's one of these games that's so much easier just to touch. There's one of the few games that work well with a touchscreen. Cool. I still haven't found sort of that mobile game that is going to make me play a game on my phone. <laughs> there are there's a few that I really want to. Like I want to play Final Fantasy IX on my phone, but I just can't get beyond that touchscreen thing. I don't like it that much. Uh, and they always seem to, especially when they bring console games, like old console games to mobile, they always seem to sort of dumb it down slightly. Do you know what I mean? Like they, mm. they sort of add shortcuts to menus, or they, you know, make they give you like the option to auto fight or whatever. I think they did that in uh, I was about to say Call of Duty, um, Final Fantasy. But yeah, there isn't a game yet that's made me like, oh fucking Jesus, yeah, I want to play this on my phone. <laughs> did you ever play? Because I know you're a big Metal Gear Solid fan. The um, Metal Gear Solid game on iPhone. Probably not. It's like one of the first games on it, I think, like a few years ago. It was kind of like an on-rail shooter, I want to think it was. Uh. Yeah, just with... Uh, it, was, it was around the same time as Metal Gear Solid 4, so it had Old Snake. Oh, yeah, it was, okay. It was... Uh, yeah, it, was all right. it wasn't bad. It made me feel a little bit sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm looking at a, uh, a quote here from one of my uh-huh. favourite websites, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, it's my favourite game about stretchy lines in a very long time. So, you know, huh. I think it's good. I'll play it. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend uh, give it a try. I'll play that for sure. Have we got anything else to talk about this week? Have we got anything else? Hmm. Anything else? Hmm. I don't think so. I'll tell you what I'm still really angry about. Going back to Battlefield. Is this... I mean, last week I spoke a lot about uh, sort of AAA publishers insisting on having their own PC marketplaces. Hmm. This week I'm going to talk about AAA publishers insisting on charging insane amounts of money for games on, well, on any fucking platform, let's be honest. Especially digital games, right? So hmm. I can go into a shop <coughs> and buy a boxed, you know, I'm doing bunny ears with my fingers here. Next gen game for um, yeah, forty-five to fifty pounds, brand new. That's about right. And you go onto their sort of digital marketplace, and it's either still forty-five to fifty pounds, or it's like five pounds more. And and you know exactly where I'm fucking going with this, don't you? Like I'm not paying for a box or a disc or you know a, a distribution. distribution. Handling staff yeah, and any any number of things that go from you know printing a game to putting it in a shop for me to buy. I'm not paying for any of that stuff. At the absolute most, I'm paying for you know for it for the file to be hosted on a server somewhere for me to access it, uh, access it and download. So why the fuck am I paying for all those things? Why am I still being charged for those things? Yeah, I, I remember when. Um... You remember Abe's Odyssey? Yeah. The PlayStation game, and it got re-released as something else, Abe HD, Abe's Odyssey HD. Yeah. Anyway, they were talking about how much money they earned. It was in an article somewhere. It was talking about how much money they earned per sale of Abe's Odyssey. And it wasn't a lot. Once you factor in, you have to pay for Sony to make the discs, I think, back in them days on PlayStation yeah, 1. I think you used to have to because they were those special sort of black CDs, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's all like proprietary thing. And every other console still does that where they've got their own proprietary pressing and whatnot. So, you know, you pay for the case, the physical case is a, you know, physical objects, the CD, getting pressed, getting printed, getting localized. Mm. and distributed all around the world and shipped to stores and distribution centres and there wasn't only online shopping back in them days, so it was all store-based. And they said they can release the same game today for like £15, £20 and still make the same money per game as what they did back then. Yeah. And um, on the other hand, games have got a hell of a lot more complex since then. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. And a lot more high budget, a lot more resources going into them. Like something like No Man's Sky, where it's like an eleven man team. That doesn't fly. But when I've just completed half of Metal Gear Solid Five and the credits are rolled for like half an hour with like a billion names. Yeah. That kind of justifies, you know, fifty, sixty quid. But But I mean, does it justify a fifty, sixty quid for the boxed version, or does it also justify that for the digital version? That's the thing. The digital version needs to be more competitive with a boxed version, especially on console, because I prefer digital games. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't really have... I used to like physical games a lot, where, you know, you'd have a shelf full of games and stuff, but now I just prefer a big list, just press, and it will start up. I like the convenience of not having to play around with CDs and discs and, you know, get lost. They get put in the wrong cases and you've got to piss around with them. Thanks, Steam. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Steam does a good job of that for me. They they hold all my games for me instead of me having to hold them on my shelf. Exactly. You know, we've got the technology to, you know, you know, like the iPod. You know, I don't have to carry around a five cassettes and ten CDs anymore. I can just have this little tiny box in my pocket that will have every song made since, like, you know, ever. That's exactly right. And there's another sort of angle to this that kind of fucks me off a little bit. It's like, okay, so we want, in general, we can say that, you know, generally PC games sort of work out cheaper than console games. Mm-hmm. If you exclude all the AAAs because they insist on having the same price across the board. This this is a thing that sort of messes me over, up over this if if you try and buy a physical PC game, fuck knows why you would because it's just a Steam code on a disc. But if you go and try and buy a physical PC game, invariably that physical version is cheaper than the physical version on consoles. Like, I don't understand that. Surely it's the same costs involved with both, right? It's getting distributed to the same places. It's being handled by the same people, the same warehouses, the same shipping companies, the same printing, the same, you know, cardboard manufacturing, all of that. Yet it ends up cheaper. Yeah, I I don't get that at all. I know with Amazon, for example, they sometimes sell things at a loss just to get people to use their service, like with books. Yeah, I mean, they They famously do that a lot, don't they? Yeah, and if I'm going to order a physical game, nine times out of ten, I'll pre-order it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. For a few reasons. One, they don't charge you until it's dispatched. Yep. So you don't have to pay for it up front, which is great. And then two, if it's a game I know I'm, I'm going to want, nine times out of ten, it's a Nintendo game. I'll pre-order it because I have that price guarantee. Yeah, that's a nice little thing they do. Yeah, where you order it, the earlier you order it, if the price fluctuates and it's cheaper, you pay that cheaper price. Um, so even if they just accidentally put it down to like, you know, $25 for a day or £25 for a day, they'll... Um, You've just popped up on Steam as playing Elite Dangerous. I'm not. <laughs> I'm looking to see if the servers are back up because I'm waiting for yeah. that patch to come in. Yeah, same here. There's a new patch out today for Elite Dangerous. It's going to let me sell all my ships that I've scattered around the galaxy and forgotten about. <laughs> I'm excited. There we go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and also Amazon have done this new thing where you get a discount if you're a Prime member and you pre-order a game. Oh, yeah, so... I mean, that doesn't really affect me because I'm not going to buy a physical game, but that's a really cool thing. I, I do for Nintendo because their online stuff is absolutely terrible. And mm. well, So I've pre-ordered Pokemon Sun and Moon. Okay. For the, oh, Sun or Moon, I can't remember which one. My friend's ordered one and I've ordered the other, I think. But I've got a £2, pound, two pound discount for pre-ordering it a month, more than a month in advance and being a Prime member. That's not bad. Personally, I I have a sort of dislike for pre-ordering in general, um, unless I'm very very sure of the quality of the game I'm going to get. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like uh, giving them the sale before they've actually sold me on the game is kind of a dumb thing to do. I think there are certain like I have a, I have a few friends who pre-order from I was going to say a website because this website has a, a habit of shipping things early. And, you know, I get that. That makes sense. But I think pre-ordering a game, for the most part, is no different from me buying it on the day it releases after I've read the reviews and stuff, you know? Exactly. There's, there's like, a very... As I, I don't pre-order a lot. I only pre-order on games that I 
I don't want to say I know are going to be good, but I've got a pretty good success rate in the past. Like, you know, Grand Theft Auto, Elder Scrolls, yeah. Fallout. Of course. Um, pretty much every first-party Nintendo game isn't going to disappoint me um, for the most part. Yeah, so uh, I, it's, I, it's this thing of sort of giving them the sale before they've actually... And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of um, this idea of voting with your wallet. Like, I think yeah. this is a very good thing to do. Um, and I think if we all stop pre-ordering shit... We'd all stop having to put up with all this pre-order bonus bullshit. That wouldn't be a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Battlefield One hmm. because let's go back in time. Um, the pre-ordering stuff on there was absolute terrible. Yeah, you um... you got like early access to the game. They've started doing that, so you can play the game. You know, two days or three days early. Yeah, just for pre-ordering it, but only if you pre-order the sixty-pound one, not the forty-pound one. And there's a £120 package as well, which, I don't know, you're pre-ordering all the uh, DLC, which hasn't even come out yet, yeah, or like announced yet. It's, oh, it's stupid. I think some of that um, is kind of the safety of not getting split up from the rest of the fucking player base. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I can't think of any game that I'd want to put and, you know, over £100 on day one. I did spend £120 on GTA V when that came out. Oh, yeah, you got the... I thought the special box. That's saying that you get a special box and that, but this is just a digital download and a promise that you'll get the expansion in the future where, mm. chance I have three months' time, I'm going to be bored of that game and never play it again. Here's the thing, um, with with the, with the GTA box specifically, I looked at the store recently to see how much I got gimped out on that one. And it turns out I didn't at all. Um, the cost of the game physically, which I got in a steel book, which came in the box... And the hat that came in the box, and the the money bag that came in the box, and the, the blue poster and whatever else, um, it actually cost more on the shop than it does for me to, than it did for me to buy this box. Which right. obviously I didn't know at the time. I was just fucking dumb. Like I just bought this thing because it was big and shiny, and I wanted it. But I think that's you know that's fair. You, I got a decent amount of stuff in that box that I feel like justified the price. Whereas you you spend sixty or eighty or a hundred. And twenty or whatever pounds on, you know, Battlefield One, and the sort of instant gratification is, you've got the game, and you've spent a lot more for it than you should have done, really. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I remember you bought the uh, Starcraft, yeah, box thing as well. That also came with a bunch of nice stuff, and I really, really, really like Starcraft. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? I can't remember what that's, that's what a pre-order bonus should be, you know, like physical goods, not like get this skin or get this exclusive weapon or play a few days early, you know, just have something cool. I think get something cool. But uh, obviously that sells, you know. Yeah, of course I'm going to pay £20 to pay it early by a few days because it's a big hyped game. And, and we'll get closer and closer to that prestige. Exactly, yeah. Can't wait. It's just like know the maps before your friends. So it's like, you know, trying to compete you. Yeah, you're trying to sell you map packs. <laughs> Here's, uh the one that I think gets me the most um, and I'm pretty sure the new Deus Ex did this and I, I think it did it with the last one as well um, is pre-order now to get this exclusive gameplay like this exclusive exclusive mission that no one else is going to have like that sucks like you've you've made this game and you've called off a little part of it to you know incentivize people to pay you for it before you release it that fucking sucks <laughs> you know Assassin's Creed 2 which um, is the only Assassin's Creed game I've completed and enjoyed the rest of them I just can't get through the first half hour of but Assassin's Creed 2 really enjoyed it uh, basically going back in time living through memories of your ancestor yeah but in some memories you can't remember because you haven't bought the DLC yet <laughs> You know, give us give us five pounds and you'll remember what this mission's about, you know, what this memory is. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft, EA, uh, I think Bethesda will be on that bandwagon soon. They're getting that big, aren't they? Um, yeah, they, they're all involved in this sort of bullshit. Square Enix do it a lot. Um, it's not nice. The thing is, I remember when everyone was getting riled up about DLC in general. Like... DLC was this big nasty thing that we all fucking hated and suddenly it's just it's there now isn't it we don't question it yeah well all these expansions and map packs used to be community made yeah and distributed for free you know out, made out of love 
essentially. You know, Team Fortress 2 was a late... Sorry, Team Fortress, the original mod, yeah. was just a labour of love based on Counter-Strike. It was a Counter-Strike mod, was Quake. it? Or it used to be Quake, and then they done it on the Half-Life engine. Yeah, it was Quake, and then uh, it was a Quake mod. Valve, no, sorry, I'm getting... Yeah. Valve bought it and dropped it into the Source engine, which was, at the time, basically for... Um, it was based on Quake. The source engine, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was they, they were only using it otherwise for uh, Half-Life. Um, and then nine years later, famously, Team Fortress 2. Yeah, so, so Counter-Strike, that was a mod. Um, and, you know, instead of suing this, these people who made it, they said, let's hire you and make it official. Yeah, Valve are good with that. They A lot of staff they've got these days are actually, you know, hired community people. They have people that, you know, have made good hats for Team Fortress so they've hired yeah. them. They, famously, there was that kid who was, I think, 14, and he made a bunch of really cool hats or items in general for Team Fortress, and he made a fuck ton of money on them, but he, they couldn't pay it to him because he was too young. Cause <laughs> it was like employment or whatever, that like they physically couldn't pay it to him. So when he became old enough, they dropped like, I think it was, and don't quote me on this, I think it was somewhere in the region of like a couple of hundred thousand dollars just all dropped right. all this money on him and just backpaid him. Yeah, there's like here's because you get you know if you make an item and it gets into the game and people buy it or spend money on keys, you know, because of that update, then you get a portion of that money. And I think that's probably when it comes to recruiting people. Instead of you know saying we've got this job opening, come and apply for it. If you look in the community, there's so many people doing that job for free just because they love doing it and enjoy doing it. Yeah. They they would probably make better employees than you know just general people just you know applying for a job saying oh yeah I'd like to make levels for you and then we go well what levels have you made it's like well I haven't made any if you, you know we go well this person here hasn't applied but he's made like fifty levels and they're like the most popular played and you know all that bullshit That's, I'm just rambling now <laughs> I think there's there's something to that because I mean there's that new yeah. Sonic game coming out which I again we said this earlier but I think it is Sonic Mania which is just a guy. He's just been playing with old Sonic files. Um, I think one to sort of and Knuckles. Um, and someone at Sega saw this and went, fucking yeah, like here's some money, make it. Make this really cool game and we'll release it. Because it's well, a great game. Well, actually, that guy, um, I think it's like a little, a small group, but they um, actually got in contact, or like Sega actually approached them to make the remasters of Sonic oh. on iPhone oh, okay. and Android. So they actually made the Android and iPhone ports. Oh, very nice. Of um, of the original Sonic games up to Sonic CD, I think. Sonic 1, 2... Oh, who cares about Sonic CD? Yeah, no one cares. But um, I've never played that one. Who cares about yeah, anything they... past Knuckles? But yeah, they, they made it on there. They had some bonus stuff and they had controller support on iPhone and all this kind of stuff. And it's really good ports, apparently. Yeah, and they... Like, it's the... It's just this thing of Sega have seen, you know, people doing good work and they've rewarded it instead of what we see too often these days, you know, shutdowns and cease and desists on all these fan projects. That worries me slightly. Like, people are, you know, they're putting love into your IP. They're doing work that fucking, you know, you should be doing. Obviously, there's a a, a demand for this stuff. You know, you could be making money by putting this thing out, but you're not. But, you know fans are fans are doing it and you're just like no ban hammer <laughs> reminds me of nintendo they do that a hell of a lot <laughs> especially the most recent one being metroid mm-hmm. the metroid 2 remake which is the game boy game but they remade it with the graphics of the snes version super metroid yeah. and it was really good they spent years doing it and then when they released it, it got cease and desist like pretty much straight away. Um, yeah, Nintendo do a lot of stuff like that. Like they um, they insist on having a cut on any YouTube video you make with their footage, don't they? Or is that stops now? Uh, no, you need to be registered as a Nintendo partner. Fuck's sake, Nintendo! And I don't get. Yeah, I was praising them for being you know for for sort of coming out of the shell and getting you know coming up to date earlier, and that stuff is still happening. They're very much be- they're very behind on a lot of things. They are, I know they are. It's 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 weird. Yep. Oh Nintendo. That's, that's, oh Nintendo. They do so much right and then they do so much just completely bonkers and wrong. 
here's the thing with Nintendo. They have, and let's be clear, the best first-party titles on the market, oh, and they fucking know clearly. it. Yeah. They know it. They've got the rights to the best fucking first-party games, and they have for a very long time. And they don't do much with them, do they? <laughs> like, <laughs> we've got a new Zelda coming out uh, beginning of next year. Yep. When was the last main console Zelda game? Like, I'm not thinking handheld. I'm thinking... Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. And that was... 2000 and... That was on the Wii. Eight? Yeah. It missed... Zelda missed an entire console generation. It's... It's... You know, when was the last Metroid game that wasn't trash? That, you know, that wasn't... <laughs> that didn't sway from the formula, like an actual Metroid game? That hasn't happened. Like, Star Fox... That was a remake, wasn't it? No, no, that was... Is that a new game? Uh, it's a new game, but same story, I think. Ugh. You know, same... Not much innovation in Star Fox. Star Fox is more about the gameplay than the story. Yeah. But they could have done a bit more. Where's Mother Probably 3? The <laughs> <laughs> They've released uh, Mother 1 on Wii U, I think. Okay. Uh, a, a translation for the first time ever. I mean, that's been fan translated for years and years and years, though. Like, it has, it has. It's, but this is the first official translation of it. Yeah. Um. So, Mother Free must be here some somewhere. It's gonna come, maybe, probably not, but maybe. But yeah, uh, Wii U had two HD remakes of Zelda: Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Mm. But Ooh. Breath of the Wild just looks like it's on another level completely. It looks like Legend of Zelda uh, Far Cry edition. Doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the way. I, that's what I saw of it at E3. Um, collecting components to craft things, and I'm not sure I like that in a Zelda game. But we'll see. You know, I'll play it. Of course, I'll play it. Yeah, I'll, it'll be an instant purchase for me, and it's just come out the early next year, so I think it might be a launch title. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think the idea is that it will be on Wii U and NX. Uh, yeah. Switch. I'm so used to saying NX. Yeah, I wonder what the difference will be if it's... Um, because we don't know much about the Switch, is it more powerful? If so, by how much? It is more powerful. I mean, it's just what we know of the chip that's inside it so far is definitely more powerful. So I'm right, it's a Tegra based on Pascal architecture? Yeah. Um, Does that sound right? Uh, I believe the Wii U was an AMD chip of some description. I can't remember. I'm not going to look it up because it's not very important. Um, of, of course, it'd be more powerful. It's an, you know, it's a new piece of console hardware. It would be silly to not be more powerful. Um, I think that's going to be the only difference, slight graphical differences between the two, because Nintendo games tend to look good, kind of what, however they run anyway. It's this thing of you know they they're all very bright and shiny and colourful and and the textures aren't detailed and complicated. No, they're very they don't need to be. No, no. Because their gameplay shines through. Exactly, yeah. Um, when you look at Mario game, it just looks so bright and crisp because it's just very flat colours, but it just looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. Should we wrap this Should up? Should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. Look at that. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Perfect. Synergy. So we're going to get this this ending bit. We're going to get this a bit tighter than we did last time because it went on for a long time and, and Dean mocked my Twitter presence and stuff and it was, <laughs> it was kind of a mess. Um don't need to clap anymore. No, I'm just clapping because my hands are fucking cold. I'm trying to get some heat <laughs> into them. Um, so, you can find us on iTunes. If you search up for Codename Chicken, you'll find us just fine. I tried it, and it works. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Did you leave a review for us? I didn't because it requires me to log into iTunes and I refuse. Oh. Don't blame me. Yeah, I don't, oh. I don't want to. What's our website, Dean? Our, web- our website is codenamechicken.church. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can go there, learn a little bit about us, grab the RSS feed if you're not into using sort of iTunes. That's totally fine. Um, there's also a contact form there. If you want to ask us a question or suggest something for us to talk about, you can do that if that's the sort of thing that you want to do. You know, I probably wouldn't, but that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's Facebook and Twitter. We're Facebook or Twitter slash Codename Chicken. Yep. Uh, or at Codename Chicken, I guess. That's the way I know or, it. Or at Codename Chicken. Yep. I don't understand Twitter still. 
Um, <laughs> we have the hashtags. Uh, hashtag cluck cluck yeah. son. Cluck 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 son. Hashtag get clucked. Get clucked. Yeah, why not? Get clucked, mother clucker. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's everything, and apart from us. Um, so I'm Dean. I'm on Twitter at Crafty Dino. Uh, I'm Cole on Twitter at, at ColeWoods10. Uh, we do have an email that you forgot about. Oh, yeah. Um, cluck. Cluck. Yeah. Cluck at codenamechicken.church. That's it. Um, so that's all our contact details. If you do go to iTunes, we'd love it if you drop a review, say something nice, um, maybe rate it five stars. Don't say something nice, just just uh, say something. Yeah, just say anything. Say you know, <laughs> cluck or, you know, shut up, you sound bad. We do sound bad, but we won't sound bad next week. I'll be cured of my disease by You'll then. You'll be cured. I'll have, a, you know, an up-to-date microphone. Um, it's going to be great. It will be. It will be. I'm feeling it, the excitement already. Okay. So why is it called Codename Chicken, Dean? <laughs> we'll just send it there, I think. <laughs> okay. Done? Yeah, all done.